Hi everyone, I'm Nick Kirkenmeister from Heartland Wines and we're coming to you today from the uh, Hi-Fi and Amp section back here at Wolfie's Records. Uh, I'm lucky enough to be joined by Lou from Soul Sister. Hello. Hi. We've got Sam from the Treadley Bike Shop and of course Wolfie. From Hi. Wolfie's record, that's right. Um, I might, if I can, start with you, Lou, and just ask you to introduce to uh, the locals what it is that Soul Sister is bringing to the table. Sure. So Soul Sister started off as an accessory um, statement sort of uh, company, uh, which we do individually designed um, statement pieces for all occasions for, you know, black tie, for parties, for going to the races, everyday wear. So predominantly it started off there and then we've added fashion and art and lots of little Adelaide companies have come on board uh, and have a little spot in the shop. So, yeah, it's a all-round little... It's become quite an eclectic offering, hasn't it? Yes, yes, yes. So we have followers that, you know, may live in... Uh, interstate and each time they come to Adelaide they'll they'll pop in and you know want new designs new seasons or they'll say you know I want something specific and we'll do that for them yeah, and we also do a little bit of wholesale sort of here interstate um, yeah which works well just mainly the statement pieces and Sam, you've come up from Ebenezer Place and you're on, I want to say, is it Mattingly? Is that Mattingly. The, yeah, yeah, which is just around the corner from my place on Beulah Road mm. and a, a very welcome addition, I must say. Uh, you're not just uh, offering bikes, but you're offering servicing. There's apparel. What else is in the mix? Yeah. Yeah, we moved into the area and it is. There's a lot of good little businesses around that little pocket in Lower Nord. And then, um, yeah, we're a bike shop. Of course, offering servicing and uh, we've got a whole heap of different types of bikes, but mainly in the realm of adventure, um, cargo, um, and then also commuting as well. Um, and a couple of little sort of niche sort of types of bikes that you don't really get anywhere else. But then also, yeah, we do a lot of custom builds for customers. If they come in and they want something specific um, for a journey that they're going to be doing or even if it's just a general commuter or a road bike or something like that, we can put that together for them as well. So, yeah, it's a, a great space to be in. And, Wolfie, most people are going to be familiar with you from the previous incarnations either on Glen Osmond Road or up in Stirling. If people walk in uh, on McGill Road, walk into Wolfie's Records, what can they expect to find? Well, they expect um, some... <laughs> you. <a lot. laughs> That's right. <laughs> expect me. Expect um, a great selection of wine records, which we do. We specialise in secondhand stuff. Um, we do um, clothing. We do hi-fi gear, the room we're sitting in. Uh, Again, new and secondhand. And uh, we have a really cool coffee station in the front. So you can come in here and experience a, uh, a journey of a nice cup of coffee and a, maybe a nice brownie to eat. And then you go and dig for some records and <laughs> maybe buy yourself a hi-fi, nice hi-fi setup. So, yeah, it's a, it's a journey of, um, of music and, and pleasure. Coffee is always nice. I kind of feel like we should all be wearing one of your leather jackets right yeah, now sure. as well. So <laughs> got We've got plenty here. Um, you're all recent arrivals to Nord for the current incarnation of your business. I, I am too. I uh, moved my business into Nord only a couple of years ago. What is it that attracted you to Nord, Paynham, St. Peter's, this area, rather than somewhere else? Uh, Lou? 
well, it's just a little bit different. You've got your strip shopping. You've got lots of focus spots where you can stop at lights and look at, you know, the gorgeous array of goods that they offer. Um, it's local. We're just up the road. Mm. Um, so very doable. And we're in an old building, which has got a lot of character. Uh, so it's got, you know, lots of sun coming in in winter and it's just a beautiful space to be in. So, yeah, love it. Sam, would you echo that? Yeah, we sort of moved into the area because our space within the city, we were very much outgrowing it. We'd been there for 10 years. And then um, I'd been looking for probably about two years um, for a space within this sort of area. Um, Lots of our customers live on this side of town. I live on this side of town, so it's easy for me, of course. Um, But then, yeah, moving to where we have found uh, our little warehouse on Mattingly Lane, has just made a huge difference in the way that people interact with us. They can stay longer at our shop now because of parking and all sorts. Um, and then we're get, capturing a lot of new people that are in the area as well that wouldn't have necessarily come into the city after speaking to them. They're like, oh, we wouldn't have made it into the city, even though it's only just down the road. But it's just made it so much easier for them. Uh, so, yeah, it's been great. And Wolfie, are you benefiting from the different vibe here on McGill Road? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, when I started this business off Wolfie's Records in Stirling years ago, Stirling was a destination, which was great to have. When I then moved to town to Park Cycle and Osmond Road, it was a bit more sort of through traffic, more a bit of a short stop over. And uh, we wanted to have something back like a nice destination where, you know, other good mixture of shops. And yeah, it's great here, wonderful. So, um, yeah, we've, we love it. We've been there now for two months and it's, it's awesome. Really good. I guess with all three of the businesses, there's a modern vibe going on. There's something about each business that's really able to flourish now in the moment that maybe wouldn't have been understood in the same way a few decades back. But, Lou, you're very focused not just on bringing South Australian opportunities to people's eyes, but also making sure that what you have is sustainably sourced. And mm-hmm. do you find that those ideas are something that resonate here with the local community? Absolutely. Absolutely. People want to have, you know, natural fibres, durable fabrics, locally sourced if we can get them and made right there on the corner. So it's all done on st- in store. I think each of you are something of a, a destination in that regard. And uh, Sam, I, I think you'll be with me on this, that a few years ago there were almost a rash of bike stores opening up. Every uh, corner seemed to have one just pop up. But then, of course, they disappeared just as quickly. You've been around now for over a decade. So what is it that you're able to bring to the table that maybe some of the other guys weren't able to manage? Yeah, it's quite interesting where we are at the moment. You have a major chain store down the road and then there's two other little bike shops independently owned that are just around the corner as well and then one up on um, uh, the parade. They all do something different. Like you have your main chain store, do all your family stuff. You've got a mountain bike store and you've got a road dedicated store and then you've got a bit of a high-end store up on the parade and we sort of fit in the middle of that where we bounce off of each other I know with International Cycles on Paynham Road, um, Peter down there, he didn't have some panniers for some customers that came in and said, oh, head head down to Treadley. And so they came in, bought some panniers from us because that's what we do. We do those kinds of products. And I called him up and I just said, oh, thanks, mate. That's much appreciated for sending, you know, someone down. So to have 
all of those little bike shops within one area that are all doing something different and just it elevates um, uh, this type of part of Norwood for us and then also it allows people to travel between those bike shops and do something different and I think sort of like maybe with mm. Wolfie as well, Absolutely. sort of the same. Yeah. Yeah, I think Sam's idea of community spirit really kicks in. We were talking earlier and you were you're very close here to Big Star, but in, rather than having that uh, sense of strong competition that you might get, there's a real sense of camaraderie here, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I th- I like places where you can shop around. I'm a big fan of Melbourne, Brunswick. If you go there, Smith Street, Brunswick Street, talking music and record shops, there's a dozen of them in a proximity. So um, you can walk around and browse and find different things. And I think Jeff up the road with Big Star and Jeff and I have been friends for many years is um it has worked really well i was a bit nervous when i told him we'd become neighbors but (laughs) (laughs) but um he took it really cool and finally nice in fact he came on the first sunday after we opened and said my god i've been so busy incredibly i said well here we go it 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 does work so i i I do believe in in in, yeah it's great if you have same shops in an area and each one does a little bit different but we all work together and it's good for customers and yeah, no, it has worked out really well so far. It's like that London vibe with Savile Row and all Correct. of that. Uh, I think yeah. also the thing, I, one of the many things I've always loved about Wolfies is how welcoming it is. You walk in, you've always got a smile on your face. I don't know where you find it, but you're always welcoming. And there are some you know, record stores and places that I probably... I'd want to be still be in my 20s to be brave enough to go in there. Whereas here, you know, you see people in their 20s, people from all over yeah. South Australia and people even as old as me darkening the door <laughs> to try and find that special vinyl. Uh, how do you engender that? How do you make everyone feel welcome? Because I never feel out of place and I don't think anyone else does. I think music particular is a thing where um, it just reaches every age group. It doesn't matter, young and old, and you just have to, yeah. I mean, I've in general been nice to customers. I've been always friendly and happy and chatty to them. But um, and I love chatting about any life stories. And music is such a great thing to talk about. So when I when someone comes in and a smile is worth a lot, and they feel they just feel good when they come and talk to you and want something. And yeah, and music is just such an incredible yeah thing to talk about. Awesome. Everyone's got a story yeah. somewhere somehow. Okay, so we're going to go completely off script here, and I'm just going to ask. Obviously, because of your passion for music, I can't ask you about your favourite artists. I can't ask you about your favourite vinyls at the moment. But I can maybe get a sense from you as to what you're listening to today, this week. Is there something that you've got on high rotation at the moment? (sighs) Look, obviously, my my, my music taste always changes and swaps around a little bit. I probably, if if I always have to fall back on one particular genre of music, would be jazz. I'm a big jazz fan. I love it. And um, as we yeah, stare at Miles up there, yeah. yeah, correct. He's one of my, <laughs> my, my, my one of my favorite boys. And um, yeah, I just love jazz. I love electronic music. For me, it's just sometimes what mood I'm in, you know. And I can wake up on a Sunday morning and put the Ramones on. It's <laughs> it's just it's really depending what you feel. But for me, is yeah, I probably like jazz. That's my that's my real deep sort of deep love to love of music and. Yeah, and I've, I DJ, I do a gig sometimes at wineries or breweries and all sorts of functions. And I, my main thing is jazz. I play jazz. Blue Note Jazz is my favorite. Mm. Blue Note is my favorite label. So, yeah, I guess to answer that, but I just, 
what did I listen to this morning? Queens of the Stone Age. So get home and crank it up. So yeah. get get ready for for the day. Why not? Okay, we're going to call that eclectic. <laughs> um, Luke, can I ask you what brought you to the life you're living now? What engendered the passion to 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 make you want to share? Um, you know, how are you where you are today? Background in fashion. I did fashion design. I was going to tell my age uh, about. 30 years ago um, and then worked for a couple of Adelaide designers and then had babies and sort of went a little bit sidewise with, you know, furniture, painting and still that artistic Creative side. side. Yeah. Um, always had a passion for accessories. Uh, and I think, you know, as, as time grew on and I sort of branched into, I had a maternity fashion label, sort of stages and ages. So when the, the, the boys were little, I was in maternity and then fell into accessories because uh, they're just a, you know, a great impact. You don't have to go and buy a whole outfit. You can have something, you know, simple and then, you know, add a sudden neck piece or a clutch handbag or shoes or whatever. Um, so, yeah, it's just been a lifelong love and learning through the industry and doing a little bit of wholesale and a little bit of, uh, you know, importing of different braids and feathers and, you know, whatever we might we might use. So, yeah, it's a, a journey of a love of accessories and fashion. Always changing. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And absolutely. For, for anyone who might be watching uh, and goes, can you help vouch for him, I would like everyone to know that Sam did in fact ride here today <laughs> on a bike. So he's the real deal. Um, <laughs> Sam, be honest, is, is that your usual mode of transport? Yeah, every day. <laughs> Yeah, the, the, once you get to the point of riding a bike every single day, it's rain, hail or shine. Like it just doesn't make any difference to your normal commute. You have the weather gear for any occasion. So you're just like, oh, it's, it doesn't matter. It's a little bit colder, but you just rug up and keep going. And like for me, riding a bike, like the mental health of it is just mm. like paramount, definitely for sure. Um I always feel good if I have like a bit of a weird day at work and things didn't go right, I can get on my bike home and it all sort of just dissipates and I get home and then the kids and yeah, um, or even just getting into work and you're tired and you walk up and you're a bit refreshed because it's a cool breeze on your face. So it's really nice. Yeah. You were talking about the mental health aspect and for anyone who's actually watching this in 20 years' time and you don't have the reference point, we're in the middle of something called a global pandemic and COVID-19 is sweeping the world. Uh, we've been really lucky here in South Australia and probably careful with it. Uh, Wolfie, I remember talking to you back in the Glen Osmond shop and you were just about to close down because you were being very cautious about things. You've opened up now. You're here on McGill Road. Um, obviously, you've got people coming in all the time the first thing I noticed when I walked in was the hand sanitizer, yeah. and that's always there, not just for us today. How are you managing to, to keep sane, keep safe and keep in business? Look, it's just, yeah, I mean, the hand sanitizing thing is just a, I guess, a general thing you should do. And I, I in fact, I sometimes say we should have had this long time before the virus is around. Having clean hands is really good and important to have. But, yeah, we just make sure everyone who comes in the shop you know, in a nice way, you know, hello, would you mind, you know, doing your hands and everyone is fine about it. And, um, yeah, just make people aware that, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a time where you have to be hygienic and clean mm. going through records all the time. This is a thing people touch with hands. 
this is just something you have to have to be really cautious with. But um, yeah, we've been doing pretty good with it, and mm. it's been a yeah. It's we've got our COVID safe plan. We started that all, and everyone knows about it who is with us and works here. So yeah, now we just keep on top of it, and hopefully we'll we will cruise through this as we do in, in a pretty safe way. We've been very lucky, as you said, yeah, mm. extremely lucky. I mean, I have friends in Melbourne who are in the in the retail business, in the record scene, and they doing it very, very hard, really tough. Where, um, yeah, I feel really sorry Absolutely. for these dudes. It's not nice, so yeah. But um, you know, we'll, yeah. we, we try to stay COVID free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously uh, riding a bike is one of the best ways to get exercise and stay safe. I'm not going to ask you if you always have clean hands because if you do, that means you're not repairing the bikes, right? <laughs> They're good today, yeah. Um, yeah, It for us, when we moved out of the city, we we're only 50 square meters. And so when it did happen, we set up our workshop outside the shop in the street because we could only ever have two people in our store because it was so full with everything else in there. So there's one other casual that works with us and me, that's our two people in our store. So we could have people inside. So he was working outside. And then it was just lucky that we found it was in February where we are now in Norwood and uh, it was like, all right, let's bite the bullet because either we shut or we shut, but at least we can shut in a bigger space and get things organised. And now that we're in the bigger space, it's just so much easier to actually allow people in the store um, and that makes a huge difference, definitely. Where we are on Beulah Road at Heartland, I'm finding a lot more people coming in off the street and uh, buying wine from us than mm. before. And we can't do tastings the way we did before, but they'll come in and, and buy and go. And I'd, yeah. I just assumed that that was because people aren't going out to restaurants. But I guess the other thing I've noticed is that our online trade has become more important. You've always had a strong online presence, and I think it, it, it's still it's still there. great website. Yeah. How are the How are the three of you working with online stuff? Is it becoming more or less important? Or I mean, you can, you can't really do much with vinyl, can you? Um, I I've never done it really. I mean, I've I've always the focus for my shop for my shop was I want people to come in the store knowing mm. it's here, not online. Um, I mean, vinyl, I mean, I spent a lot of money online myself buying vinyl on sites like Discogs or eBay and (laughs) 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 the things you want to have in your collection. But, um, but in general, I think, yeah, I I just like to come people to the shop and now it's in here and it's not online. And, um, yeah, I mean, we, we do things like, um, we do Instagram where a collection comes in, Mm. someone flicks through, films it from the back and puts it on Instagram and, it takes a day or two and people come in wanting wanting to buy that stuff. But that's the only real sort of online But this is an experience, isn't it? You come Correct. into Wolfie, you spend an hour or two Absolutely. and now you grab a coffee Correct. and then, you know, you, you get enough energy up to exactly. go through the hip-hop section and then, then you're fine, you're sorted. That's so it's, it. you can't do that without that tactile thing. Correct. What about you, Lou? Is it the same thing? Is it is it a much different experience to having people come in? or Absolutely. Yeah. We've, we've always had an online presence. Uh, I find that our Adelaide market is very much coming in. Uh, and to a point country uh, and then our online sales will come interstate or further out in the country. But yeah, I'm finding people are coming into the store now that we are there as a presence and uh, just being able to pop in and shop at their leisure then sort of having to scroll through your website and which is probably not that fabulous, my website, but <laughs> they, uh, yeah, they get the one hit when they go in. 
It's a whole nother full-time job though. Yeah. Running yeah. like social media and online. Absolutely, absolutely. Like, we're all pretty much just sole traders. Yes. Like with a couple of staff members and all sorts. And then when you're the one who's running front of house, then also social media, then also an online store, mm-hmm. then contact with customers, ordering. and That's right. Everything. Like there's not enough time. No. To no. And no. I'm not the kind of person to sort of always want to keep working on my online presence. It's the thing. It's about the experience of coming into the shop, enjoying the space, talking to someone, having a chat. It doesn't even have to be about bikes or records or clothing. It can just be general sort of stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. You're yeah. so much better than me. If someone comes into our retail space, I go and hide out the back <laughs> and let Kim deal with it. Unless yeah. they've got like a detailed question. <laughs> right. You probably don't want to deal with me. You want to deal with someone who's like, you know, friendly and people focused. I don't know how you guys manage it all the time, always smiling, always like no matter what, how your day's going, no matter how the kids are behaving, yeah. when someone walks in the shop, it's like, hi, where do you get that energy from? <laughs> I think for me, like, well, the, the whole thing about passion of what you enjoy exactly. and like I enjoy bikes and then there's records and then, but for you, for, you know, for you, for wine as well. But it's also I can get stuck in my ways with like building a bike and my head's down and getting something done for a customer. And then someone walks in and I'm like, oh, and you have to like change your focus. And that can be really quite difficult. But then it's also the experience of coming into the store. We've always had that when we were younger, I guess. And we're like, oh, I want a brick and mortar store. I want to be able to do that for someone as well. So that's where it happened for me. I've always enjoyed that experience of going into a retail store. Yeah. Lou, I'm a middle-aged man and therefore a fashion wasteland on so many levels. I I did have a question I wanted to ask about, you see people coming in off the street all the time, all sorts of people. What's the best fashion faux pas you're seeing a lot of at the moment? There must be people doing some uh, wonderful, wacky things. Okay, there's a lot of the Ugg boots. Um, (laughs) I've actually had people, uh, a couple uh, in their PJs with their Ugg boots, like the the fluffy pyjama bottoms. I mean, they were fun. Didn't know my dad shopped for fashion accessories, (laughs) but all right. (laughs) Well, they were a gorgeous couple just doing their daily walk or whatever, but, you know, they were funky in there. So they just came in for a browse because they could. The shop was there. Um, Yeah, so Ugg boots. Uh, you often see a bit of uh, passing by, might slip in in the socks and thongs. Um, there's a you know, a bit of a sort of a era there with the ill-fitted clothes. You know, they just throw on, you know, something that's really big and, you know, can't be bothered. And, well, yeah, I've just fine. gained weight because of COVID. This isn't normal for me. I don't want you to, <laughs> to get the wrong impression. Uh, I've got to ask you, there must be... You know, if you're passionate about anything, then you also have to have things you hate. There must be one style of music, one band, one thing that you you see it and you go, no, not again. For me, that's going to be acid jazz. We'll argue later. Um, <laughs> what is it that makes you? <laughs> um, I actually love acid jazz. Yeah, I thought you would. <laughs> I disagree with that. I thought it's fantastic. Um, yeah, look, I've got a very broad taste bud with music. Got a shop. Obviously, you know, I've listened to all sorts of music from classical to punk, you name it, I've, I, I do like. But I guess the only music I maybe struggle a little bit might be hip-hop in some ways because of some lyrics are a bit too harsh for me. And I, yeah, that's, that's I guess, some music. I mean, there's some really cool hip-hop out there, but that's maybe music I 
put in one corner and you, know, you don't get a lot of polite german hip-hop artists uh, not really no <laughs> <laughs> not at all <laughs> so that's probably one thing but other than that yeah i, I like all sorts of music yeah i love classical music and, yeah, and as i said from punk to you name it I'll, um so it's difficult for me to find one particular genre of music we have to I give you a like pass because next time customers in, come in for hip-hop that we don't want to think that they're excluded you know so that's we'll exactly to, right we'll let you off the hook correct that's one so you know <laughs> I, I even i even like the seekers all right so let's put you heard it here first, people. Uh, <laughs> Sam, I'm going to swing over to you. Now, you're not personally responsible, but when I was nine years old, my dad bought me a BMX. To this day, I don't think I could bench that thing. It was so heavy. It never flew. It just rolled over every mogul I could find. Bikes have come a million miles in the last <clears throat> few years, but you're seeing so many different types of bikes. Now, you've got like these commuter things like fold-up bikes and so on, which used to be the most rudimentary things, and now they're fantastic and light and easy to carry. But you must also see bikes roll in. Can you fix this? And, sir, this yeah. is beyond repair. What, what is it that, that, that's out there that really grinds your gears? See what I did there? That, oh, <laughs> good pun. <laughs> um, it, it's funny, like you say, bikes have come a long way. Some bikes have, yes, definitely, but there's a lot of bikes out there that just haven't even gotten past 10, 20 years ago. They're still made with terrible materials, made with parts that just don't even work or gel together with changing gears or brakes or bearings and all sorts. Um, and it's pretty easy for us to spot them, um, it, but it's easy for people to spot them as well. If you spend $200 on a new bike, you'll get $200 worth. You spend $500 on a new bike, you get $500 worth and it will be much better than the $200 bike. So the ones that we that come into the shop and someone comes in, can you just finish putting this together for me? I bought it out of a box and the forks are on backwards, the brakes are on the wrong way around. Like it's just, and you're just like, you do, you cringe. You're like, yeah, I can do that. That's fine. But it'll cost you another $200 to fix it. And then they get annoyed at that. Because then they've dropped four hundred dollars on a bike when they only mm. wanted to spend two hundred, mm. and it yeah you try and you you don't you don't you're not rude about it or anything like that of course like they just want to get out on a bike and that's the best thing about it, but yeah those they they grind my gears those kinds of things is part of the problem yeah. that you don't know what you've never had if you've never had it so I mean we all had that first bike maybe like mine when, when we were kids and, uh, you know, it pedaled. It had yeah. maybe two gears and we, we rolled with it. And still as parents, we're looking to get that first bike for our kids. And a lot of people don't see beyond that to these incredibly complex transport systems that yeah. are available today. And also, like so many things in life, like a bottle of red wine, uh, like, a, like a great piece of vinyl, like great fashion, when you pay that little bit extra, you can get so much more. But it's about educating people as to what's possible. How do you go about that? Yeah, it, you just talk to them, frankly, when they come into the store and you talk to them about what their budget is and what their budget can produce for a bike to be able to get them from A to B if it's for commuting or if it's for going fitness riding on the weekends or something like that. Um, and you just give them all of the information that you can possible. For me, it's not necessarily about selling a bike off the floor. It's just about talking to the person and giving them what they need to make a, uh, a good judgment on purchasing a bike. And sometimes people come in and they're like, oh, look, I've only got 500 bucks. I'm like, 
okay, I don't necessarily have anything here for you that would suit you. Jump on Gumtree. Find a good secondhand bike. If you want me to check over it, I can check over it for you. And we get lots of customers doing that. They'll send a quick email and say, hey, I'm looking at this bike. Do you think it's any good? Do you think it's worth it? And I'm like, yeah, go for it. Get that one. We'll just do this, this, and this. And they come in, get a service, and they're happy. And they got a good bike out of it as well. So And that goodwill yeah. permeates. And that's a great way to, to, mm. to spread the word and people know that you're there and you care. 100%. But, Lou, we were talking before about fashion faux pas, but the, most of the people who come in, do you find that people have a good sense of who they are, what they're looking for, what suits them, or is there a lot of education that has to go into it? A bit of both. Uh, we do have people that, you know, know exactly what they want and what sort of style, but then they want so others will come in and say, you know, could you put a, a wardrobe and accessories and bits and pieces together for me because I'm not sure, I don't feel confident in doing it. And I love doing that. Uh, you sort of get, you know, something over, you know, maybe five garments that you can interchange and you can add your accessories and you can dress up, dress down. Uh, so a lot of people are quite good at doing it themselves, but others definitely come in and say, help, and I love helping. <laughs> the boards into pyjamas. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> but you also get a lot of, you know, just local uh you know, guys around the parade that are walking up and down the parade that pop in, which is fabulous. And it's normally in, you know, gym gear and that sort of stuff. Uh, so with COVID, we did actually develop a windsheet range where people were sort of, you know, not wearing accessories so much because they weren't going anywhere. So, you know, big, bright, fun windsheeters with um, what they call um, joggers, but, you know, printed joggers and things that you could go to the supermarket in or you could work from in home. And so, you've got your fashion face mask range. Yes. So that if people, you know, yes. if people need them in the future, Absolutely. they are available Absolutely. from Absolutely. Uh, now, I've got a completely different question for you. Yes, so, are you ready? Yes, so uh, I know, you know, you've got a lot of top-end vinyl in here, stuff that I covet some some. Times so I spend a lot of my hard-earned money on, but you've also got the five-dollar racks. How much of your logic is like um, this vinyl is pretty scuffed up? I don't know how many times it's going to skip five-dollar rack, and how much of it is like there is no way in heck that anyone is going to want the great yodelers of the nineteenth century five-dollar rack? What's the mix? How do you work it out? The five-dollar ones actually, we've um, in 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 the shop here. We dropped them. I still have them, but uh, they're sort of sitting in the back in boxes <laughs> out of the old shop. We we, we upgraded to the ten-dollar boxes for stuff which yeah, sort of you have it in hand and it could be a really good record, but it's got a mark, it's got a scratch, covers got stains. I can't put it in the you know in the more expensive things out. So I have put in the ten dollar boxes. But yeah, this is just a matter of judging it when it comes in and you look at the stuff and you know, yeah, it's I'm quite sort of, you know, petite with my stuff, but pricing it, grading it. Um basically you're fussy. That's I, what you're I'm, telling I'm, us, I'm right? Fussy. Okay. Good. I'm very fussy with it. So if I get a if I get a copy of let's say, you know, Pink Fly Dark Sort of the Moon, which is a really good seller, um, it's got marks on it. Yeah, you don't want to listen. It sounds like someone is eating a pack of chips in the in the background. So you put this in the ten dollar. Floyd, there might be someone. Doing that. Correct, that's right. So um, yeah, my, my my grading in here and and putting it in, into into the right apartment is pretty much based on yeah, really judgment. I look at it and yeah, I've just tried to be as accurate and fair as as possible. And yeah, that's. Probably, I guess. Pretty a, successful, a, I think. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Well, everyone here has got a day job, so we'll wind things up now. So for those of you who are here in Nord, 
Paynham, St. Peter's. These are the treasure troves right on your doorstep. And if you're in another part of town, come and visit. You'll be amazed at what's available to you. So um, on behalf of, of Lou, on behalf of Sam, Wolfie and myself, thanks for joining us today and we hope to see you soon. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks a lot. Thank